Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, coming to you on this. If you're a Pelicans fan, it's a glorious Monday, let's be honest here, with the Pelicans having their trade with DeMarcus Cousins officially announced Uh, He'll be coming to New Orleans along with Omri Caspi with a future first, the 2017 pick, going to uh, the Sacramento Kings with a second-round pick going to the Sacramento Kings. Those weren't specifically detailed. Along with Langston Galloway, Tyreek Evans, and the Pelicans' past number one, uh, six overall pick, first-round pick, uh, Buddy Heald, and basically what everyone is calling an absolute steal for New Orleans to get a player of DeMarcus Cousins' ability here in New Orleans to pair with Anthony Davis. So obviously you guys heard the emergency podcast, I hope you did at least last night, that I got up after this trade broke, giving you my initial thoughts on this. Again, it hasn't really changed much, this is still an absolute steal for the Pelicans. I know a lot of Pelicans fans really didn't get much sleep last night. Uh, They were in such disbelief over what happened here. Only a good thing to bring in talent level this much it is kind of sad to see buddy heel leave along with his like really great smile and just his infectiously happy personality uh and it's a bit of a sad situation to see him going to the kings and the sorry state they are the dysfunctional franchise that they are um so i've got sam vicini who's going to join me in a second here on the podcast to kind of just go over this as a whole uh, we've got a great interview where he and I touch on a lot of different things I want to play for you. And then after that, I'm going to outline the rest of the week for you guys. Uh, and we're going to, I'm going to break everything up. It's going to be like a regular week, but it's going to focus on one or two topics each day. And then Friday, we'll recap kind of everything as a whole. It'll also be kind of after, hopefully, the first game that DeMarcus Cousins will play in New Orleans Thursday. Muses Thursday, that became a bit of a choice now if you're a Pelicans fan. Do you go watch parades? Uh, or do you go to see DeMarcus Cousins' first game in a Pelicans uniform? So, tough choices there. But I'm going to play the interview for you guys. Uh, it was really great. Go over a lot of different things. And the rest of the week, I'll kind of break down some of the topics we're going to be talking about here on Locked on Pelicans. Joining me on Locked on Pelicans is Sam Vicini with the podcast The Game Theory. Uh, he also writes for Sporting News and Vice. He's kind of everywhere. He's been talking a lot on Twitter uh, recently about the DeMarcus Cousins trade. So, th- Sam, thank you so much for uh, joining me here on Locked on Pelicans today. Yeah, I mean, this thing goes down last night, and I'm sitting in my uh, apartment just thinking, yeah, there's no way. Like, my girlfriend went out for dinner with uh, her sister for the first time in a little while, so, like, I had the apartment to myself, and, you know, I'm just sitting there, like, I was half kind of watching All-Star. I was half playing uh, NCAA football 2014, and then it just happens. And I'm just like, like, there's no way they're dumb enough to do this. Like, 
on all-star weekend there's no way that they're gonna like just screw demarcus like this right and then Especially, i realized oh, well they're not screwing demarcus like it's fine <laughs> it's just wild because they said we're not going to trade him his agent comes out and says they haven't said they're going to trade him. there's nothing like this and you could kind of feel like the city of new orleans get its hopes up and then come back down to earth and then have it all turned around at, you know at the last minute yeah, it did not make any sense to me. Uh, I, I was shocked. I figured maybe it happens today if it's going to happen at all. Uh, you know, anytime Woj gets something like this, I have full confidence that like he's got a very real source involved and has multiple people around the NBA who knows it. So like I assume it's going to happen when it gets down this road like that. But it's you know it, I was shocked whenever it happened. I, I really do just have to say like it was. It was shocking, not only in terms of the way the Kings handled it, but also, and I know this is a Pelicans podcast, but like I was sitting there like saying, there's no way the Pelicans have enough to do this. Like there's just no way that they have enough asset wise to get it done. And then you look up and the Kings accept the dumb deal. I mean, no, you're right to say it. It's a Pelicans podcast, but I've been saying it for, you know, weeks and months that they don't really have assets to bring in a star and it, trust me i think i'm as shocked as everyone else is i you know was having fans and even myself trying to talk myself into jalil okafor and you go from him to demarcus cousins in about like a 10-day period so, and like not even for a tangibly different package really <laughs> no it, it, the first round pick even has protection on it if somehow they don't make the playoffs which is just unbelievable like they couldn't negotiate that out of there there's so many funny things involved with this deal that, like, I, I just cannot believe how badly Vladi Divac got his ass handed to him. I know. Like, am I allowed to, just, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah, I'm go allowed. ahead. But, like, uh, yeah, like, he got his ass handed to him so badly in these negotiations by Del Demps, who was, like, a guy on the hot seat himself, kind of. Uh, but at least, you know, has shown to be semi-competent and at least, you know, is making decisions with, direction and a purpose like it felt like this summer i didn't really like a lot of the deals that they gave out but he knew that he wanted to build what seemed like a very strong defense right like he goes out signs solomon hill signs a nice two-way player he needs one more like you combine those guys with drew holiday and with uh, obviously anthony davis and you have the foundation of a really good defense and you've seen at times this year that new orleans has had a really good defense especially in lineups with anthony davis at center Everything totally changes now, obviously. We'll see the way this works. But, you know, it's really difficult to come away with anything but the rosiest projection on the way the Pelicans uh, handled this entire negotiation. Oh, I mean, it seems like it's a, basically a slam dunk for him. So you're, you're like immediate reaction to all of this. This is great for the Pelicans, basically. My immediate reaction was more, what are the Kings doing? And then it was... Like uh, the Pelicans just got the best front court like in the NBA and, you know, I, I can't even remember how long. Like I can't think of a comparable, you know, combination of two 24 to 26 year old big guys like this who can so fluidly play together, in my opinion. I think that that is like a bit of a thing that's going around like online and you know and things that you read like you know how are these two guys going to mesh together defensively we'll see there will be some you know that's where the there will be an ironing is. out period i think certainly but i mean offensively like these two guys are just so skilled and so talented you know demarcus is really 
morphed like like he's done the Blake Griffin transformation almost as I call it where like he goes from being you know DeMarcus used to be a guy who, like was known as a post-up big man uh and Blake was a guy who used to be known as a guy who could only dunk uh even though their games were always a little bit more diversified than that but like now they've gone like full bore in terms of becoming a dynamic offensive force that can operate 20 feet away DeMarcus Cousins uh, is shooting like 36% from three this year and has made six more threes than Buddy Heald has this year. Like that, That's it, the most unbelievable stat is he has more threes, and it's a, largely a minutes thing too, but he has more threes it is. than Buddy Heald. No, it's really just uh, – it, it goes to show how impressive Cousins has been in terms of just ironing out the, you know, the rough spots of his – game on the floor i mean there will be questions about uh the way he affects locker rooms and if he can keep his emotions in check but like you know demarcus Collins right now is averaging 27.8 points 10.7 rebounds 4.9 assists 1.4 blocks and 1.3 steals prior to this year there have been exactly four seasons in nba history by three different players who have been able to do that over the course of a full season so we'll see if it keeps up but like those three guys are kareem abdul jabbar david robinson and larry bird so that that's what you're talking about with the diversity of skills that demarcus cousins has shown as the focal point of an offense and now he's going to be able to rely on guys like drew holiday and anthony davis to take some of the pressure off of him and really he'll slide in as the second best player on this team and anthony davis or at least like 1a versus 1b uh it's insane to me how the kings could move that and it's going to be impressive to see how these two guys work together because i think that on offense i mean this is a nightmare for opposing teams oh yeah and also so i'm I'm checking twitter right now and the pelicans just officially tweeted out a picture of cousins in a pelicans jersey which is just still mind-blowing to me to see and then they tweet out a picture of omri caspi and i forget he's coming back in this deal because demarcus cousins is by himself just enough that's the funniest part of this trade to me, I think, because like so there was a report early on saying that like the Kings uh, or yeah, the Kings were going to waive Langston Galloway. It was from Woj, like in the immediate aftermath of the trade um, over at the vertical. Bobby Marks has said the Kings now plan to keep Galloway. So we'll see what ends up happening with him. But I think it's, you know, relatively clear, given that, like, you know, uncertainty over whether or not they would keep them, that the Pelicans like clearly asked for Caspi here. Like they wanted him because, A, he's a really good fit for what they have now. Like they need wing shooters really badly or like guys who can play the three, four and knock down shots from the corner or knock down shots from the wing. Like they need that skill. Um, but like Caspi's a guy who shot 40 percent from three over his last three years. He's averaging nearly 10 points a game in that time. He's like a relatively diverse like diverse defensive player just because he can guard multiple guys competently he's not going to like blow you away on that end but he's at least useful um to get him and then have the kings likely take on you know more guaranteed money next year it's not necessarily guaranteed because langston galloway uh, has a 5.4 million dollar player option but like i i can't see galloway declining that i guess given what we've seen from him this year like he's just not been a great 
player. Like you can find guys like Sean Kilpatrick and, uh, you know, Fred Van Vliet and Yogi Ferrell and guys that can be competent, smaller point guards. And Galloway's a really good defender, but like you can find guys that can be competent, smaller point guards on minimum deals pretty regularly. Yeah, so this like is nothing new that, you know, the Pelicans have kind of done this throughout Dempsey's time here, just pulling in people like that. Right. So like the Kings now take on more money, essentially, or the likelihood of more money to trade Omri Caspi for essentially nothing. I, I don't I don't get that. I think he's still a valuable piece. I think that there's an argument that Caspi will be the second most valuable piece for the rest of this year in this trade, because, you know, they like I said, they really do need a shooter still like they need a guy who can come in and knock down shots and provide some defensive versatility Caspi's going to be able to do that and he's shown himself to be a rotation player over the last like two and a half three years yeah and then also by the way uh, I'm looking at like the press release here as I jump all over the place with you where Vladi Diva is taking shots basically at DeMarcus Cousins through uh culture and things like that saying winning begins with culture and character matters in his press release wishing DeMarcus Cousins well so you know, the, the character things, I think... It's, in his press release, wishing DeMarcus Cousins well. Well, That's yeah. just hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's, this whole thing is so bizarre. You know, I did a segment a, uh, a week or two ago just on dysfunctional franchises, and I always said the Pelicans weren't one. They're just poorly run, let's say, but it's not a mess and a dysfunction. It, Kings have to be number one on that list, at least in the NBA for sure, right? I mean, we do have an owner in New York that's out here banning like legends of the team for, you know, getting angry at him essentially and, uh, you know, starting a fight in mid arena. Like this is, this is, uh, there's a lot of dysfunction around the NBA. And then you have another organization in the city where I'm at considering hiring a guy to run basketball ops who is learning the CBA like last week. So uh, there's a lot of dysfunction around the NBA, but the Kings uh, are certainly up there in terms of, uh, you know, just their the way they value players is incredible to me because you have like Vivek Ranadive, and this has been like a known thing. Like I tweeted it last night that, you know, it was known in the 2016 NBA draft that the Kings really wanted Buddy Heald. Uh, like they clearly have placed a premium on what Heald can do. And, you like see this quote from Baxter Holmes here, source familiar with the Kings thinking Vivek thinks Buddy has Steph Curry potential. I mean, if you just look at what Buddy has done this year, and there is no bigger fan of Buddy Heald than me. Like, I think I wrote the first, you know, feature on Buddy and like his roots in the Bahamas, like way in the summer of like 2015 or 2016. I can't even remember at this point. Like, Buddy is awesome in terms of just being a great person. He's going to change their culture just through force of personality and always smiling and always being the best dude. And like th there's no one in the NBA that I root for more than Buddy Heald, but to place like Stephen Curry expectations on a 23 year old kid who, you know, is in the 15th percentile and overall PNR offense and in the 24th percentile and shooting off the dribble, it's just unrealistic and unfair to him. Like, I, I just feel bad for uh, the situation he's walking into. Yeah, and I think Pelicans fans kind of know that, too. You, you kind of feel awful that he was here in this kind of great situation, you know, especially because he's kind of close to home with everything. It, and largely New Orleans is considered like a Caribbean city versus an American city. And now he's going to this kind of mess of a situation. And it's I hope Pelicans fans wish him well and are really going to root for him. But... I think they're going to still be really happy with getting DeMarcus Cousins back here. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to be disappointed in trading Buddy Heald, who has been – he's had an underwhelming rookie year. I mean, he has like a 9.9 PER and a 50% true shooting percentage, like as a offense-only shooting guard, you know, who's 23 years old. Like, I don't think it's unfair to say, like, he's been relatively disappointing right now, even though he had the fun uh, outburst in the uh, rookie-sophomore game on Friday. Like, I, I hope he turns it around, but I don't think anyone's complaining about trading that guy and what will likely be the 12th to like 16th overall pick with no upside to get into the top three uh, for DeMarcus Cousins. It's just a it's a nonsensical trade if you're the Kings. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to ask you uh, a little bit about like the character concerns with Cousins here, because I think that does scare a lot of Pelicans fans off of him. You know, do you think that's more having to do with just the Kings being the Kings or is that him personally? What's your take on all of that? I mean, even coming up like Buddy or uh, like Boogie Cousins has been known as a highly emotional player like in Kentucky. He was still an emotional player that John Calipari has like said, like he had to work really hard to get the best out of and like really make sure that he was uh, on the right track. But Having said that, he's not a guy. He's a guy that works really hard in the community to help out uh, Sacramento. Like he was always one of the like most generous people with his time and money around the NBA. If you read reports, um, he is a person who a lot of teammates really like him. A lot of teammates really don't like him in that locker room, from you know what you hear. So you know we'll see. I think there are certainly concerns uh, whether or not like. You know, the New Orleans locker room is the best fit. That's one of those things you're just not going to know until he gets in there. Uh, maybe if they start to lose some games here early, he'll be frustrated that it seems like the same old, same old, despite moving in there. Uh, I think that the Kentucky connection between Anthony Davis and Cousins, even though they didn't play there at the same time, that'll probably help to build a rapport a little bit. Terrence Jones is there, and obviously they're trying to find a taker for him. In terms of a trade, that's another connection. Like it'll help him in terms of just being around people that he's familiar with from being around Kentucky. Um, Drew Holiday is obviously known as a really good character guy. Like there are a lot of guys in that locker room who I think will be solid in terms of helping him. But, you know, another thing is that a lot of people think that Cousins needs to be around like a veteran presence who will kind of keep him in line and, you know, slow him down. Maybe that's just speculation, but the Pelicans don't really have that. So it's going to be one of those things where we don't know until he gets in there and does what he has to do. And uh, so we'll see. I'm not I'm not like. You know, I'm one way or the other on this. It's difficult to tell going in, but I'm optimistic more than I'm pessimistic, too. Yeah. And I mean, even with the risks involved and, you know, one of the risks is him potentially leaving after next season, how little they gave up for him. It's it's well worth the season and a quarter season and a half of having DeMarcus Cousins on your team and trying to see if you can make this work, I think. Well, like, here's the other thing about that, too. Like, say that. DeMarcus Cousins goes out, averages like 20 points, 10 rebounds. Like he sees a slight drop off in scoring and efficiency. These like a trade offer, like what they dealt for him is going to be there in the summer. Like if they figure out that, okay, we just can't sign this guy. Like they're going to be able to recruit at least like a first round pick for DeMarcus Cousins that will probably be like in the middle of the first round. Plus like another young player. Like there's no way that his value will drop that much in the time that he's with New Orleans, especially if he's at least on his best behavior. So I don't get it. Uh, I don't, you know, I think that this is a perfect deal for the Pelicans. Like they can try him out for, you know, a few months here, see what works out, see what doesn't. 
if it works, maybe you uh, continue to ride with it next year and hope that it and hope that like this is their core going forward. If it doesn't, I don't see how this changes their trajectory at all, to be honest, because they can just trade him again and move him on to somewhere else. Like there will still be takers out there for him. Like, you know, the Lakers might want him once they, or if they miss out on like Paul George or something like that, or if like Indiana has to trade Paul George, maybe they'll look to rebuild with DeMarcus Cousins or like, there are just so many things that happen in the NBA over the course of a year that like getting DeMarcus Cousins bird rights is it's just incredibly valuable because you're going to be able to offer them something like $50 million more than, uh, and this is guaranteed money uh, over the course of five years versus four years that like any other team is going to be able to offer you. So, and that's, yeah, and like, that's after he's losing it. a ton of money by being traded where he can't sign that designated player extension right. anymore that now all of a sudden you can't, fi- you know, maybe he will, but you have to figure even if it's not as much money as they would have been able to offer him in the past and having the incumbent team have that advantage. It's not like he's going to lose out on another 50 after he's already lost 30 here. Then he's looking at leaving $80 million on the table. Yeah, I, I, that would certainly be a surprise uh, if he would do that. Uh, like I said, like it's, you know, the Pelicans at the end of the 2018 season can offer him a five-year deal worth right around $180 million. Uh, the best another team can do is four years around like 130, maybe like 132 two or something like that um like that's it's all going to depend on the cap in terms of the specifics of numbers but like that's a considerable difference in terms of what uh, a team with bird rights can offer to marcus cousins versus a team with non-bird rights so i'm not like if i'm the pelicans i'm not worried about uh what you gave up here because worst case scenario if this doesn't work out you can just move them on again and still get value yeah, absolutely. I mean, basically everyone's just calling it a win for the Pelicans, which is something, you know, I think this fan base really needed. So, Sam, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me. This was great. I'm excited to uh, get this out to people. So it'll be a lot of fun. I got to get you on the podcast in the future again and let everyone know where they can find you on Twitter, actually. Yeah, you can find me at Sam underscore Vecini, V-E-C-E-N-I-E. Uh, if you go to Sporting News, you'll probably find the thing I wrote on this trade. It's like 3,500 words, just looking at the short-term and long-term implications of this deal for both the Kings and the Pelicans, and then just like some of the small stuff that it'll uh, affect, or some of the small ways it'll affect the league as a whole. Uh, if you go to Vice, I write about the NBA draft once a week there, just kind of the elite prospects. So, uh, you know, and then check out my podcast, uh, the Game Theory Podcast on on iTunes and I'm sure wherever you find this podcast, you'll be able to find it there. So uh, thanks Jake. I really appreciate it. No, thank thank you. So there you have it kind of a national perspective here uh, regarding this deal. And you know, while the Pelicans and the Kings and this trade has been the biggest sports story of the day and is going to probably dominate the rest of the week, uh, barring something else crazy happening in the NBA. And my goodness, is this league fun for stuff like this? Um, This isn't necessarily a story about the Pelicans and kind of the narrative and the national narrative that's come about this is more focused on the Kings and not Dell Demp swooping in and seeing that there was a team he could take advantage of and to pounce on a situation, which is exactly what he did. Uh, You know, we talked about last night, they wanted a 2019 pick to be included in this and Demp said no and seemed like he was ready to walk away and then somehow manages to negotiate top three protection on this pick. Should the Pelicans not make the playoffs? But the story really hasn't been about that. It really has been about Vladi Divac and how bad 
the Kings are as a franchise and how dysfunctional and how this is just a mess of the return. And frankly, if you have any fans that are, or fans, friends that are Sacramento fans, reach out. Don't gloat. Just be nice to them because they are going through a lot today. So it's very interesting to see uh, that this is the situation here. But no, it really isn't more of a Pelican story. I do believe the one talking about the Kings and their dysfunction um, is, is a bigger one, especially after you listen to this clip. Which, which comes from, I should preface this, Vlade's press conference announcing the trade where he's asked a question about why now, why not maybe wait to the trade deadline? Why did he pull the trigger on the move ahead of Thursday's deadline? So listen in. Vlade, well, like, most of these deals that rarely of this magnitude happen this time of the year. Any thought that maybe you can wait to get a little closer to the deadline when there's more pressure? Have you got to be able to get more? We will get, probably, most likely we will get less. Because I had... Uh, Better deal two days ago. Than what you got now? Yep. And you, then you, you had a better offer for Cousins well, two talk, days ago? Talk to, talk to those agents. They, what they say? So what? It, I don't want to go into details. I don't want to discuss about uh, the, the process. It was a big process for us. Did that, that, and that didn't shy you away, obviously. I mean, even though you settled for an offer you didn't like as much as the other one, no thought in your mind. This was, was the best time and the best offer we could get. Or in this particular time. You you listen to that, and I've listened to it, and I've watched the whole presser a couple of times. I've listened to that clip multiple times, and it is so mind-blowing to me. It's, it's like the thing from Clue where it's the flames coming out of your head, kind of, um, that this is how this went down. And frankly, at the end of it, who cares? If you're a Pelicans fan, just take it. But there's no real surprise that the national story is more that the Kings got swindled, Vlade is either an idiot or they have their owner who just has no idea what he's doing. And basically, this is Vlade trying to basically take a shot at ownership and be like, my hands were tied. They wanted, but healed. And, you know, as Sam had mentioned, it sounds like the Kings were very high, or at least uh, Renative is their owner, was really high on Buddy Healed. And it is what it is. But at the end of the day, the trade is official. The Pelicans have it. Um, and this is a Pelicans podcast, Locked on Pelicans, you guys. So we're going to be talking about Pels the rest of the week. You know, really what this kind of comes to. I'll have some stuff from the Kings side of things later on uh, to give you some of their perspective. Uh, but things we're going to talk about on the rest of the pod, the week, I don't know the order they're going to come in just yet. It's going to depend on interviews I get and things like that. But, you know, I want to talk on Boogie's next contract. I mentioned it in the emergency podcast, kind of how much money he might be leaving on the table if he doesn't re-sign with the Pels. With that, though, he is going to be a free agent after next year. I want to talk about the risks for the Pelicans in this trade. Are there many? And I'll be honest, there really aren't. It's one of the great things about this deal for them. But those two are probably going to be tied together. I don't know what day. We're obviously going to talk offensive fit for Boogie, uh, the defensive fit. We're going to bring in a, you know, uh, some discussion on Omri Caspi. What does he bring to the Pelicans? Uh, we'll talk more about this deal, about Del Dumps not getting enough credit, about this being a Kings story. What's next? Who do they need to bring in? Uh, how did this whole deal go down in the first place? And if you look at the list of teams that were interested in DeMarcus Cousins, it's really interesting because they were all lottery-bound teams. So why did the Pels take a chance right here? We're going to dive into all of that as well. I want, I'm going to get some local guys on to talk about it from this perspective as well. Um, I've got some people from Sacramento also lined up to talk about uh, their perspective of the deal. 
you know, different things here. So if you have any questions about this, tweet them at me. It's at Nola Jake on Twitter. It's at Locked on Pels. You can leave comments on Audio Boom with the podcast here. So make sure, you know, you're checking it out daily. Let me know what you guys want to talk about and we will talk about it. But there is certainly a lot. So uh, thank you all for listening. Listen to the emergency podcast if you haven't. Listen to this one today again. Uh, we're going to have a lot going on the next week. Biggest sports news, like I said, of the day, of the week, probably for you know the rest of the NBA season potentially until we get to the playoffs. Uh, we'll also talk about the Pelicans' playoff chances with this. Or is it almost better to lose, maybe luck into a top three pick, have DeMarcus Cousins, and a lottery-protected first? This is just so mind-blowing. Um, how bad of a deal it is for the Kings. But hey, Pelicans fans, be happy. Thank you all for listening. Again, I'm your host, Jake Madison. It's at Nola Jake on Twitter. Um, and if you're listening to this on Monday, I'll be on WWL Radio tonight, um, kind of co-hosting the first hour of double coverage from 8 to 9. It's 8.70 a.m. here in New Orleans. You can stream it online. Uh, so make sure you give that a listen as well. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun the rest of the week. We're going to have you cover on everything you need to know on DeMarcus Cousins. Also, check out BourbonStreetShots.com. We've got articles going up like every couple of hours, basically, talking about similar things, uh, diving into a lot of detail. We've got you covered, New Orleans, on everything you need to know about DeMarcus Cousins. It's not going to get better anywhere else. Thank you all for listening, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow. Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17